Good evening, everyone. The Old Testament reading is from 1 Kings, the 17th chapter. After a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her, and he said, Bring me a little water and a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in my jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks so that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die." And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and, she and, her, and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, Neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill, and his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. And she said to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? Have you come to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son? And he said to her, Give me your son. And he took him up from her arms and carried him up into the upper chamber where he lodged, and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? Then he stretched himself out upon the child three, three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came to him, and again he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always pray and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Why bother? I mean, why bother praying to God? Have you ever asked that question? I mean, why bother? I, uh, when I turned 30, my wife um, did something for me. I was in California, and uh, 
She said, today on your birthday, I just want you to sit here and play video games and have your phone with you. I'm like, okay. So I liked playing video games at the time, playing video games, and then my phone starts ringing. And I had 30 phone calls from different people, friends of mine, that called to wish me a happy birthday. And the one that surprised me the most was, and I kicked myself because I didn't know who it was when he called. You see, I was really into guitars. I like guitars. And, and, and when I was in California, I, I like to buy and sell guitars. And at one point, I started, um, I learned how to take apart guitars and build guitars and, and all that. And it all was because of one guy. His name was Phil Kabecki. And Phil Kabecki used to be in the custom shop at Fender Guitars. And I had one of his guitars, a bass guitar that he had custom made. And I went to his shop because I needed some work. And I, when I went to his shop, I met him. Like, I didn't know I was going to meet him. He was the only guy in the shop. And he was there. And I said, yeah, I got some. And, and he introduced myself. I'm like, whoa, this guy's like, like one of my idols. This is awesome. And he goes, oh, well, let me show you what to do. And he pulls out a wrench. And he pops a couple of bolts. And he's like, this is how you. And I'm like, wow, you just like took apart my guitar. Like, this is an expensive guitar. And you just popped it open. Anyway, I say that because my wife called him and said, hey, you met my husband one time and he's going to be turning 30. Do you think that you could give him a call? And when I spoke to him on the phone, I didn't rec, because I used to think it was pronounced Kabiki. And he said, this is Phil Kabeki. And I didn't, I didn't think about it. And I was like, oh, great. Thank you. Hung up the phone. And then later I'm like, oh my gosh, that guy called me. He called me out of the, to, to, so as I was thinking about this sermon, my wife thought enough of him to think that he would care to give me a call on my birthday. It was really a cool thing. And I thought, gosh, I don't know that I would have had the confidence to call up this guy and say, hey, could you call my husband on his birthday? But he cared. What we hear today from God's word is that we have a God that's, that's so other. Sometimes I think we, we think, does he really listen? And maybe we've actually prayed sometime and God hasn't answered the way that we want him to answer. And so we think he doesn't care, he doesn't hear. But from God's word today, we see something different. There's this story that we just read from 1 Kings and it's, it's about Elijah. Now, Elijah, if you remember your Bible history, Elijah kind of comes out of nowhere on the scene. And he's one of the prophets. And if you remember, Jezebel is like against him. She's the, the wicked queen. And she's actually the queen of Israel. And her and her husband are after Elijah and they're trying to get him killed. And, and God takes care of him right before this. He feeds him. He's out in the desert and he has birds bring him bread. And he's, there's, a bro- I mean, it's, there's a famine going on and he still has some water. God sends word to Elijah to go to this particular house, this woman. And what you need to know is this woman is actually not a part of Israel. She's outside of the people of Israel. She's not one of God's chosen people. And when she shows up on the scene, she says, by the living God of Yahweh, of Israel, why are you here? Like she actually knows that there is a God. She, she believes in this God, even though she's not an Israelite. She's there. And I think this is an important point for us right from the start to see that God is a God for all people and wants all people to call upon him. So she's there and she is struggling. I mean, we know right away she's called a widow. She's lost her husband and she's about to die of starvation. She has one little bit of oil, one little bit of flour left and 
This is all she has. And as I said, there's a famine going on in the land. And so she gets there, she's struggling, and she says, I'm going to go in and prepare this tiny bit of food that her son and her, that, that her son and her will eat, and then she will die. What does Elijah ask for? Can you, can you give me some food? I, I don't know about you, but I would, what are you thinking? I mean, this is the last bit of food I have. But she trusts. Elijah says, you won't run out of food. Sure enough, she goes, she breaks the the bread, gives it to Elijah, and her and her son have enough oil and flour to keep them fed for as long as this this story goes. We're not exactly sure how long this takes. Finally, the son becomes ill and dies. And we have Elijah now in this situation of calling out to the Lord because he wants to care for the woman. And he says, first of all, she says, why have you, uh, what have you against me, O man of God? Have you come to cause the death of my son? Now, if somebody said that to me and I was going there, I, I would get a little bit upset. I would like, oh, what are you getting, you know, I'm, I'm here to help. What are you getting mad at me? Elijah doesn't. He turns to the Lord and he says, O Lord, my God, have you brought calamity even upon this widow with whom I sojourned by killing her son? O Lord, my God, let this child's life come into him again. When I was reading this, we, as pastors, we were discussing this. I was a little bit bothered by Elijah's prayer. I mean, listen to that. O Lord, my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourned by killing her son? What we see here is, I think God wants us to pray not a specific way that we think God wants to hear us. He actually wants us to, to tell him what's on our heart. What, what are you feeling? What, what are you going through? Be honest with God. He, he's upset. He's angry, and rightly so. I mean, this woman who, you know, God had provided for her bread and oil, this oil and this, this um, flour so they could eat, and now her son dies. He cries out to God in, in an honest way. Why, God? Why did you do this? It's interesting. The only thing in this, all of this passage that says that God does, it said that God listened. God listened to the prayer of Elijah as he cries out in his frustration, in his anger, and it says, God listened. What happens? The life of the child comes back into him. He lays upon the child three times, lays over the child. We're not exactly sure what this is about, but lays over the child three times, and the third time the life comes back in to the boy. God raised it, doing what was impossible. God granting the request of Elijah. Now, this is a, a cool story. It's a great story, but, but maybe you've prayed earnestly. Maybe you've cried out in anger to God, and you didn't get what you want. And you might say, well, why bother? What's the point? Seems that God's going to do what he wants to do. Why do we pray at all? It's true that there is a mystery to prayer. But we can learn from this story and we can learn from Scripture some definite things about prayer and why we bother. First of all, we acknowledge our own limits. We acknowledge that, that we need something, that we are, we are lacking in this life. 
we recognize in this action of prayer that we can't do everything on our own. Just by praying, we have to humble ourselves and recognize that, that we're not at the top, that there's someone above us, someone greater than us, and that we're willing to submit to his authority, his will in our lives. We need help. And we recognize that we are not God. The reality of our lives, of our families, of our world, our entire world shows us that we are broken, we are fallen, and we are in need of God. God is moving. God moves through prayer. God moves through prayer to change circumstances, but he also moves through prayer to change us, to change our hearts. Because we pray when we pray, we pray with a posture of not my will, but your will be done. He wants us to draw closer to him. He wants us to be his people that live out their faith in our lives and in our families and our homes. To be people that recognize that we are not God. And so secondly, we acknowledge through prayer that there is a God. Our world is more and more turning away from the idea that there is a God. Science is attempting to replace the need for God with an intelligent designer. I even saw a video recently from an atheist explaining that science could even give reason for ethics and morals, and therefore the final obstacle for some people, the idea of, of ethics and morals, has been taken away. But as the psalmist says in Psalm 14, a fool says in their heart that there is no God. And what seems so obvious to those of us who have faith in God, we see God's work all around us. 1 Corinthians says this, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand him. But in prayer we recognize that there is a God. And that leads to the next point. We acknowledge that our God is approachable, that he is near, and that he hears our prayers. While some in our world have turned from God, others are looking for God in all the wrong places, but God came to us in the flesh, in Jesus Christ. He physically died and overcame death. That's what we celebrate every Easter. And now Jesus has ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And as we learned last week in our prayer series, we can go directly to God because Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the God. He is our high priest. There's no middleman. There's no reason to pray to anyone else. We can pray directly to God. As the psalmist says in Psalm 6, the Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. And this leads to the last point in prayer. We acknowledge that we have a God who cares. A God who cares personally for his people. We know that he is good and that he will not only hear us, but he'll have mercy on us. It's not because of our, our own worth. It's not because of anything we've done to deserve God's goodness. But God hears us despite our brokenness, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, because of his love for us who came down to us to take our sin upon himself that we might be made righteous before God. As 1 John 4 says, God is love. And we know that his ways are good towards us in Christ. God wants us to come to him in prayer. As it says in 1 Peter, cast all your anxiety upon him. 
because he hears us. And he cares for you. Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we come to this holy place today to acknowledge that we need help in our lives, that we need help in our world. We recognize that our God is real and that we must submit to his authority. We recognize that our God is approachable by us to, he's approachable by us through his son, Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God the Father. And finally, we trust in the goodness of our God to act according to his good and perfect will. So why do we pray? Well, we know God listens. He listened to the most important prayer on our behalf. As Jesus took us, our lifeless bodies, into his hands. And he prays the greatest prayer on our behalf to the Father. Father, forgive them. In Christ, he doesn't lay across us three times. No, he places his name upon us three times. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in baptism, he makes us new. We are new creation. We are a new creation. He brings us to new life. And so why pray? Why bother? We have a heavenly Father who loves us and has made us his. In Jesus' name, amen.